2: right rug flooring. This is a podcast
3: called
0: 25 Whistles, talking football, and they all wear a whistle. Yeah, it's stupid, but what did you expect? It's a podcast called 25
4: Whistles. 25 Whistles. Hello, welcome. It could be our last show ever. What do you mean? What? Why? It could be.
5: No. Like somebody dies
4: over the weekend? What do you mean? What? Our contract runs through the Super Bowl, then it's over.
5: No one told me this.
4: It's always been that.
5: Oh, my goodness. All right, boys, make it the best show ever. <laughs> this it's only supposed to last. be 25 originally.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Like last year, we did like 70 for 25, and this year, we signed double than last year, meaning t- double episodes, 50 even. We did more than that, and it was all the way up until the Super Bowl. So it's probably... Our Unless they renew. Last year we renewed up until NCAA basketball, but I've not heard anything about that. Well, get on it, man. I made, made every call. Really? It's Super Bowl week. Yeah, they're busy. It's hard to get a hold of anybody. So this could be the last show. Hey, make it awesome. good. Yeah. You, you want me to blow it one last time? Well, let me do this. Presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with the code Bobby Sports because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void or prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. Give us that whistle. <whistles> That's it. I, I thought he, mean, you said best ever, but I well, I mean, might, now I'm like it's – be our last. Who cares? Well, anyway. what a way to go out, though. Two-time Super Bowl champion Tony Casillas is on with us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. That's coming up. And also, Paul Mills, head coach of Wichita State Basketball, and assistant coach Quincy Ace, who played in the NBA for a bunch of teams, and guard Xavier Bell. So that's coming up. So we're going to have a heck of a possibly last show. Maybe not. Okay. I do not know. Can we send a message right now and ask?
5: Please. Yep. Just say, like, hey, we're wondering what to do. We're recording our last show right now.
4: Oh, we're not wondering what to do. I know what to do. Just do the show. Oh, what do you mean? Still gonna, just do it? You want to just quit mid-mid? I don't understand what would we do different. As someone tells me, hey,
5: you're going to die like, in the next 30 minutes. I'd be like, cool. All right. See ya. you. You just, just I, said do
4: the best show ever, then you blew the whistle. Dude, like, I, but it, you yeah, no you, you're all over the place I changed right my now. mind quickly. Okay, hold on. Hey, man. It's uh, after 10 here, Central Time. I don't know where you are, if you're in Vegas for the Super Bowl yet or not. We are doing our very last... 25 Whistles that we know of. I'm with all the guys now. And I they were a bit shocked this is our last show. Unless you have heard that we're getting renewed at all for any weeks or for NCAA basketball. If you have any new information, please let us know. And uh, I'm sitting with them now. Anything you want to say? Yeah, we need it, man.
6: We need, we need more episodes. Come on. Please. We're not done yet.
4: All right, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks. I
6: won't who, have a job. Who was that? Hmm?
4: Who was that? Mr. DraftKings. That was Mr. Kings. Oh. Oh. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> for, that, for sure in Vegas. Then. It was actually Kevin Legrette, Oh. Mm-hmm. Who is head of iHeartRadio Sports and from Los Angeles. So we'll see what's up. But I know. Guys, I know who he is. I was telling our listeners. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go to what's possibly the final tittle tattle. Oh no no no,
7: no no
4: no no. All right. Let's go. Why even do it? <laughs>
6: The, the
4: Last, <laughs> up the t- Reed's now jumping and doing. <laughs> wait, whoa, wait was that part of the imaging or was like that right that, <laughs> is that right now? It's Reed doing it. Never ever does he talk, <laughs> <laughs> and now he jumps in. <laughs> okay. Everybody's losing. It. I yes. know
6: we're going crazy. Well, Super Bowl weekend, it's here. What is your favorite headline heading into the big game? Oh, I got mine.
4: Well, so the headlines, for example, are Taylor and Kelsey.
5: Will Taylor make the will game? Taylor make it? That's a big one.
4: Uh, yes. Patrick Mahomes, Is he? if he wins again, will he be a step closer to being the greatest of all time? If he doesn't win, is he a step closer to being the greatest of all time? Just getting there. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy, is he legit or not? Yeah, I like that one. Andy Reid, chasing Belichick the same way that Mahomes is kind of chasing Brady. If he wins another one, he's in that conversation for sure. Kyle Shanahan back at it after... One, lost Super Bowl last time, but also 28-3 when they were up on the Patriots in Atlanta, he was the offensive coordinator. So this is his vindication-ish. Mm. The two top defenses, my favorite storyline of all of that.
5: A lot to choose from.
4: What interests me the most? I guess my favorite storyline is, will I win this money? Because I haven't cashed out of it
5: yet. I haven't seen that storyline, that headline. It's
4: mine, though, because I did all these futures on Kansas City.
5: (laughs) Is that that up anywhere? No, man. It's in Bobby's Bobby's publication.
4: (laughs) It's a story that I'm doing now in my head. I was like, what most interests me about this game? It's that I have all these futures on Kansas City. I haven't made any bets on the game itself. And you haven't cashed out any of those. I've done a couple prop bets. I've not cashed out anything yet.
5: Buzz, we told you what to do. Is it just a bit when you ask us for advice?
4: No, it's not. But a lot of times when you say stuff, I do the opposite. (laughs) I mean, I get it. And And that's why I asked. When we see the outcome, you're like, ah, good call. Who do you think wins the game? Uh, Because mine is, there's no points. Mine was just a future to win the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs win the game. That's what most people think. That's my prediction. Yeah.
6: Except Vegas. Except Vegas. You're right. Correct. Kevin. Yeah. Who wins the, the game? The Chiefs.
4: You Think I, so too. I, yeah,
6: if I yeah, if you're holding a gun to my head, I'd say the Chiefs. You just well, put it on the quarterback. You think? Hey. Yeah. At the end of the day, like like what 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 do we what do you say around here? Got to be the man. You got to beat the man. Exactly. Also, Kansas City's defense,
4: although young, mm-hmm. they're really good. Really, yeah. yeah Though, I have one cash out that I could do right now for one thousand ninety-seven dollars. Well, that's, well, that's that's well, the one we told you. Uh, <laughs> I, I I just think I'm gonna roll. Yes. Roll, dog it. I'm going to roll raw dog it. Yeah. I'm going to roll raw.
6: Raw, roll. All right, next question. All right, do you think Kyle Shanahan needs to win the Super Bowl in order to get put in the Andy Reid category?
4: Well, yeah, Andy Reid's in the category of, is he the greatest of all time? And if he wins this one, he'll be in that category. Now he's that guy in the precipice of being possibly the one of the greatest of all time. Um, but he needs to win a Super Bowl because the Niners have been really good. He's been really good. But twice his teams have choked. He, he, listen, he didn't play defense. He didn't coach the defense when Atlanta, but they also didn't score, you know. Yeah. So that sucks. Uh And the San Francisco, they had it. They're up 10. Jim, yeah, Jimmy G threw a bad but, but again, it's never just on one play. There are also always many decisions that lead to one play. But I think he needs to win the Super Bowl to be considered one of the – I mean, it's just like a ring. Even though it's always not fair, you get a ring, you're considered – a level higher than everybody who doesn't have a ring, even if the person who doesn't have the ring is better. For example, when people compare, like now, Reed, who would you say was a better quarterback, knowing what you know? Eli Manning, two Super Bowl wins, or did you ever watch Dan Marino play at all? Uh, No. Yeah. Like, who would you have as your quarterback?
6: But I've heard uh, better things about Dan Marino. You've heard better things? Yeah. Yeah. I would say Peyton's better than Eli, right? Yeah. Yeah. But we're
4: talking about Eli
5: and Dan, right? That's a comparison.
4: All I, I would, would say go, is yeah. a lot of people don't give Dan Marino the credit of possibly being one of the greatest ever because he has no rings. Charles Barkley, same thing. No. no rings. I think he needs a ring. He's been to the Super Bowl twice, Falcons with Niners. He's reached the NFC Championship five times. He's known as one of the greatest offensive minds. Not known as a guy who makes great adjustments at halftime, but just can't win the big game. It's got to be much easier for Andy Reid, too, when your quarterback's Patrick Mahomes, where you got Shanahan, you're just like, gosh. To be fair, Andy Reid's quarterback is Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes has Andy Reid. Meaning, all these quarterbacks in Andy Reid's systems, from Alex Smith to Dante Culpepper to whomever, they always, that's, you want to be in his system.
6: Oh, wow, I didn't realize that. But until, like, what when they won it four years ago now, he had that monkey on his back, too, Andy Reid. You know, he went to the NFC Championship, what, four years in a row with the Eagles, Eagles, couldn't get it done, and then they lost to the who? Uh, Oh, the Patriots, yeah, I think, right, so what? Yep, Did no you? four. We
4: yeah. don't care. We don't hate the Patriots. You're not really proving <laughs> yeah, anything. It's the last show and you're being all like, spiteful.
6: All <laughs> <right>. Tittle tattle. <laughs> Next. All right, the quarterback is a heavy favorite to win the MVP, but if you had to pick one non QB, who would it be? Easy. I know McCaffrey is the
4: dude that yeah. probably is going to get the ball and it will be the factor. However, I. Think that I think people would love for Kelsey to be the MVP.
6: Oh, gosh, I hope not. And if
4: it's close, oh, yes. please. No. no. So the problem is if Kansas City wins, Mahomes is probably the MVP. And if San Francisco wins, most likely Purdy, but it also could be one of those other guys. It could be anybody from uh, Iuk or Debo. But for Kansas City to have Kelsey be the MVP is Kelsey scoring like three touchdowns. Because if Mahomes throws three, Kelsey catches all three, Kelsey's going to get the benefit of that doubt because so, of Taylor. Just because yeah. to th- it's easier to throw a touchdown because you have all these options, and to catch a touchdown when you're the only option, just a numbers game. Yeah. So I, I think Kelsey would be hilarious to win, and I think if it's even, he'll get it. And this is a big deal too because if he retires after this
5: year, we're not going to have he's Kelsey. Not retire. Not, he's what do not you retiring. mean? He's getting married. He's not going to retire,
4: and I don't know that he's getting married. That's what they're saying. They've said that about every Taylor Swift romance. <laughs>
5: True.
6: Yeah. All right, next up. Hey. Last one. Let's do a two-parter because it could be the last one ever, right? Usher is set to perform. So are you excited about Usher? And number two, who out of an artist or a band that you haven't seen perform there at the Super Bowl would you like to see?
4: I don't want any of my favorite people to ever perform at halftime of the Super Bowl because all it does is create haters. So if one of my really? favorite, yeah, imagine one of my favorite bands, let's say Foo Fighters goes out and plays and freaking rocks it. It doesn't matter how good they play. My wife's going to be like, why are those old dudes up there playing? And, people, and, and then people who just want to complain and be like, that sucked, even though it was great. Because they do it to everybody. So I don't want my favorite band to play that halftime show. It's not worth it. Um, I think like a, a Beaver or an Ed Sheeran would be cool because generally they're liked and there's really not a lot they can do to make people like them less. Because what they do, you already get it. They go out, they play their music, they sing. Ed Sheeran especially, he's got his guitar. He would be good. Yeah, I think that would be cool. Or like... I just wouldn't do it if I were like somebody, though, that depended so much on the, like the vocals. Like if you were like an Adele, for example. Oh, yeah. Because it's so she's so good vocally that if they even happen to mess that up a little mm. bit or it's not exactly perfect, it didn't live up to the Adele standard.
5: Well, they lip sync it too, right?
4: Sometimes. Sometimes and some of it. But not all of it all the time. Yeah. Like they turn it off when they're like, thank you, Super Bowl. Well, I think they also <laughs> sing with their tracks sometimes, too, mm-hmm. because it's been a thing where it's like, oh, they're lip syncing. I think they missed the boat on this one.
5: Huge opportunity to not or, have Taylor do it. Th- they couldn't. What do you mean?
4: I believe the sponsor maybe it was last year the sponsor the Pepsi Coke thing but oh, Apple this Apple, year yeah. um, and also why would Taylor she doesn't have, She doesn't need it
6: no I know because yeah, they don't even pay it's it doesn't pay yeah. just for the promotion. followers and promotion Yeah, mm-hmm. and she definitely doesn't need it yeah, she's true. the most famous
4: person ever right now <laughs> yeah. uh, alright that's the final Tittle Tattle thank you
3: the stupidest name
4: ever is the Tittle Tattle Twenty-five Whistles presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app. Use the code Bobby Sports to get in on the action. The final. Let's go out in style. We haven't missed a football bet in weeks. Come on, right? We haven't missed a parlay in weeks. Here we go. Come on, Bones. Chiefs money line. Even though they're the underdog at plus two, let's let's pop those odds a little bit. Chiefs money line under forty-seven and a half. I like that. Because you get two defenses. And I'm going Kelsey over 70.5 receiving yards. Yeah. That's it. Count your smiles one final time. Yeah, let's go. Thank you. That's Boy's it. I feeling it. And they'll have it up there. If you want to take the 25 Whistles Parlay, you can check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users use the code Bobby Sports when you download the app. 21 and up in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877 8 hope and or text hope and 467 369
1: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table.
2: Right Rug Flooring.
4: Now let's get over to our chat with two-time Super Bowl champion, Eddie's dude. Woo! You guys sat with him in the suite at the Cowboys game? <laughs> oh, dude,
5: yes. it's awesome. I have his phone number and is everything. Is that how you
4: got him on the show? Yeah. You got his number? And- yeah,
5: I told him all about what we do and everything. He's like, oh, cool, man. He's like, get me on your podcast. So we're like, we'll see. Dude. Oh, he
4: requested you. And then you said, we'll see, dude. He did, and I said, we'll see. got man. a feeling got- that's not how it happened. <laughs> was, Eddie, Eddie was like,
6: yes, please, please come on our podcast, dude. We love it. Dude,
4: come Tony on. Casillas. Tony was a nose tackle who won back-to-back Super Bowls with the Cowboys in the early 90s. Damn right. He <laughs> won national championship at Oklahoma. Um, Big, big boomer sooner guy. Him and Eddie became best friends. Did you write this? I did not, not, but
5: that's a great description.
4: (laughs) Go ahead. Him and Eddie became best friends when they met in Dallas for a game this year, and I grew stronger during this. Okay. Anyway, here he is, at Tony Casillas. Thank you. Do you consider yourself, or do you think that you get called out more for being a Sooner legend or a Cowboys Super Bowl champion if you're just somewhere? Who are you mostly? Tony Casillas (laughs) from the Sooners, (laughs) All-American, or Dallas Cowboy champion?
8: Well, I tell you what. With my Super Bowl ring, I'm just this old, uh, old guy with a Super Bowl ring, and you know, it's a funny thing about it, as a cowboy, you're living in Dallas, and man, it's just been—you it, know—Dallas has been this toxic relationship for so many years. I think everyone just hears the same thing, and you know, it's going to change, but you never change, and you break up and you go back together. Uh, you know, I think probably living in Dallas—you um, know—I've been out of the game for so long, but. Uh, you know the true true fans remember you uh you know dallas it's such a unfortunately as i mentioned it's been so long since we've done anything relevant and uh which is okay you know we just have to reminisce about the old times but i think OU OU football is something that always be in my dna um god i had so many great memories i think when i go back to oklahoma yeah a lot of people you know they recognize my work and and regardless of how, how old you get there's some there's a yoke between you and the fan base. And I think that that's uh, the beauty of that. The beauty of, I think when I look at playing the game of football is is how lucky I've been to be able to play on championship teams because a lot of fans, uh, the fan base will forget uh, different players and different groups of uh, generations, but they have the tendency not to forget hopefully the history and understand that, and I think in Oklahoma, is obviously a, a great case for that, but you know, Dallas is such a, again, it's just, it's been such a long time, and so people have to, we have to be relevant somewhat with the guys that played in the Super Bowls 30 years, as weird as that sounds, <laughs> uh, uh, unfortunately, that's where we're at now, Would but you- it's not my it's not my undoing. I tell everyone I have nothing to do with it. And we just did what we did. And I, I, I do I do tell people, uh, you were just born at the wrong place at the wrong time.
4: So would you rather, if you had to pick one, you won a national championship next year, first year in the SEC, or the Cowboys won the Super Bowl? <laughs> Damn, that's a great question. Easy. <laughs> but you only get one. Uh, uh,
8: I don't know. I think. That's a great question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Dallas. I, I think Oklahoma, and Le- it's going to take some transition for them to get used to the SEC. And, you know, I think they'll win, but it's I think the parity is a little different. I think the Big 12 had some great teams in it uh, or some teams, in, you know, with the transfer support and the NIL, you guys know, it just changes everything. It's just you can't really get any gauge on any team because they change so much. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for that answer. Uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Dallas because I think that they're we and here I am falling. <laughs> it's not even it's not even preseason yet because that's usually what everyone does. This is our year. I this think, is our year. Yeah, this is our year. Or it's yeah, it, it's our year until it gets to the postseason play, and then we're like, <laughs> what the hell just happened the last seventeen weeks? <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think that it's gonna be interesting, and you know this, what uh, Bonds is what you know, it, it, Bobby is that my daughter went to Arkansas. So I'm a big uh, Arkansas fan. And uh, I know John Daly. and I know he's a huge, obviously he's, he bleeds, uh, you know, raise her back, but I love going to Arkansas. I love going to the S I love the sec and environment and everything that goes along with that. Um, and, but it, it's just, that's a, that's a man's, that's a big boy conference. So, but I'm going to go with Dallas. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, Continue on. It's going to be our year. And <laughs> damn, I just want them. I just want them to go back while I'm still here. I mean, is that too much to ask? No. Let's just keep our fingers crossed, man.
5: That's not too much to <laughs> ask. I think that's 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 perfect. But Tony, let me ask you this: You were there when um, Jimmy Johnson did the famous "How about them Cowboys?" What was that like in person? I mean, obviously, you were on top of the world when that happened, but. That's something we will, as Cowboys fans, will say forever. And you were there. But
8: well, here's the thing: I, I remember, you know, he got inducted the Ring of Honor. His guys went back for his, his players. He, he wanted to make sure that we we're able to come back and and experience that, which was long overdue. Uh, but when he when he came out there, and the last thing he said, I think we we're all just anticipating that happened. But when he said it, how about them Cowboys? It was just it's just very vivid because I remember after, you know, we won um, the Super Bowl, um that he, that's the words that came out of his, you know, after the, after the game, after we won the game. And it's so vivid because it really hasn't changed. Uh, you know, Jimmy's older, but his, his, uh, his delivery and his communication with us in the locker room was the thing that great coaches were able to do and, and who would have thought that that would have been this legendary? Uh, you know, this quote that he said after the game um, is beyond, and you know, it just really sends puts well, chills down your, your your spine because being in that moment and understanding how vivid it was, and to hear him say it, you know, granted this has been thirty years ago, and to now hear it, um, man, it's timeless. And the fact that he did it when Dallas was getting blown out by Green Bay at the, at the halftime. Like, why didn't they just kind of plug it in the locker room so they, these guys, these, these modern-day players could hear that? Because it doesn't change, man. It makes you move. And so, yeah, it's it's a vivid, vivid moment. That will never change. And uh, he was just an amazing communicator. Man, he just pulled those things out of nowhere. And just, here we go, 30 years later. That's, uh, and you will hear that forever.
5: I've always wondered, you know, like how the announcers get clarifications for like names, you know, and I, I'm Hispanic mm-hmm. and I know that Garcia is a little easier, but Casillas is like specific. My last name is, <laughs> did you have to tell people over and over like, all oh, right, this is how you pronounce it. It's not Casillas. Like, this is how you no, pronounce yeah. it.
8: Well, it's a butchered name without a doubt. And I expect it. Um, I, and what's interesting is like when I was growing up in Oklahoma, you know, I had 65 first cousins, uh, big uh, culture Hispanic family dad had 13 brothers and sisters do the math uh Hispanic Catholic so um kind of get the picture so when I was when I was in presidentism was really relevant prevalent in in uh Oklahoma and so it was funny because we lived on the other side of we lived in the white neighborhood so 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 to speak we got out and then it really wasn't this you know, it was very middle class or maybe lower middle class, but my grandparents were on the other side, and what would happen is every uh, weekend, all of a uh, you know, it's like a small house. It was like one or two-room house, very small. I remember I, I could touch the ceiling when I was like sixth grade. That's how small the house was. So anyway, we had, everyone would come there. Sixty five first 65 first cousins, grandparents, everything, my kid, my, my, uh you know, I, my my dad never spoke Spanish around me, but I know when he got around my uncles, they started, you know, saying all these Cochino words. So I knew they didn't want to hear what they were talking about. But anyway, when I went over to my grandparents, they my uncles and aunts pronounced their name Casillas. But then when we went back over to Eastside, Tulsa, it went back to Casillas. And I'm thinking, OK, well, aren't we related? Isn't that your brother? <laughs> you know I mean? And so he never did give me really an answer to that. So I was Casillas. So everyone called me Casillas until I got to college and I'm, I finally had a hard, hard conversation. I said, dad, I said, why, why <laughs> is our name pronounced different than my other family? Because, well, I just wanted to make it sound more Anglo. We're living in an area. and I just didn't want to hear all the, you guys had to go deal with all the prejudices. So that's when I went back to Casillas and, you know, obviously people that knew me, um, you know, thought that my name was Casillas for a long time. And I said, no, I corrected him. So, but yeah, it's a very profound name. It's very, I I know there's a lot more Casillas out there, but uh, it's probably one of the most butchered names without a doubt.
4: Whenever you're drafted by the Falcons, you play a few years in Atlanta and you're, you know, you head over to Dallas, but Dallas wasn't good. Your first years in Atlanta, as a matter of fact, they were terrible. So when you were going to Dallas, were you like, all right, I'm about to get in on a organization that's on the way up. Or were you like, I don't even know what's about to happen.
8: No, I knew anything was gonna. I knew anything was gonna be better than than uh, than Atlanta. It was this toxic environment, um, the organization. It was more uh, more just trying to make money and not spend money to be good, and it just became this culture of. Uh, it was very toxic, and I just you know, coming from Oklahoma and, and winning. I know that you're the second player picked in the draft, and it's you. It's a, a huge honor. You get paid. You know, back then, I thought it was a lot. Of, I mean, it's still a lot of money, but, you know, but anyway, I, I knew that there's a lot of things that come with that. For one, it's that you're going to be on a really crappy team, and I was, um, but I think it was a culture. that was not, I, I think that that's kind of the misleading about people whenever, you know, they think that they see these athletes playing on different teams and how glamorous it is and, you know, social media and everything, but i tell you what, you get into that that routine of just going to work and you've heard this all the time and just getting a paycheck. I mean, all of a sudden it becomes this its contagious and everyone has that same attitude. Hey, we don't, we don't need to win. We can go four and 12 and I'm gonna get ready for a vacation when it's the 10th, tenth, 10th tenth week in the season. So I just didn't, and I hated that. And so I, you know, I got traded and I tell you what's the best thing that ever happened to me. I always, you mentioned Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson, he saved my football career because you know, Jay, Dave Wan said who I knew from high school recruited me. I knew Jimmy. He was both, they were Oklahoma state. Uh, so they had some familiarity with me. And so they saw the good in me, but I tell you, dudes, man, when I got to, when I got to Dallas and I got off the plane, it was, it was a night and day and people were excited. Even if they were bad, they still had expectations because that was coming from the new owner and that was coming from a coach and, you just kind of knew it wasn't going to be like that forever. These guys are going to make something really, really special happen.
4: You beat Buffalo twice in a row. They ended up losing. Yeah. two They ended up losing two more. At after what know. loss did you start to feel bad for them? <laughs> no, no, never. I never feel bad.
8: Never, don't never. Ever, don't, don't ever feel bad for the opponent. Look, there's a reason why you, you know, you got the rings, and they don't. I guess they give you a runner-up ring and a Super Bowl, but man, eh, this just not as good as the is the, uh, you know, the Super Bowl, the champion ring. And and I, I guess there was some – I mean, you go to the Super Bowl four times and you can't – don't have anything to show for it. I, I guess I feel sorry the fans. I mean, they got the best fans. But, no, I never feel – any I don't really feel sorry for the loser. I mean, I just – I don't. Whenever they were playing the Giants,
4: <laughs> or uh, did you root for Buffalo when you guys weren't in it because you had played them? Or did you have, a, like, a weird taste because you played them and competed against them and didn't like them?
8: Yeah. Um, well, I, you never, we hated people in the NFC East. I mean, yeah, that, that's, you got the giants, you got Washington, you got the Eagles. So you all, you hated each other in that division without a doubt. Um, you know, now I cheer for Buffalo. I think it's, it's been so long and, and as long as Kansas City's and the AOC and, you know, all these other teams, they just, for some reason, that's kind of the, you know, that's uh they can't ever get over winning the big game. And it's been for a long time. And, but yeah, I'm just like anyone else. I love watching football. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Um, but yeah, when it comes to playing a team and feeling sorry for me, and you can watch guys after the game. Maybe that's old school, you know, exchanging jerseys. And you know, after you get your ass kicked, I'm like, really? I mean, you really want to, you want my jersey after I just kicked your ass? Uh, and and I hate. I, I don't like that, but I guess that's just the way it is in today's generation.
4: So, with San Francisco and the Super Bowl, and obviously my memories, especially when you were playing, it was Dallas and San Francisco in the NFC Championship. Every It felt like Always. every year, right? And so, yeah. do you still have, you know, this negative feeling just toward the brand of the 49ers, not the people or the organization, because or, they were a rival, or is that long gone as well?
8: You know what? I think there's certain, when they're playing Dallas, I think some of that stuff comes out. Um, and I think that, you know, our success against the 49ers. And as you just mentioned, we played each other and it meant something, you know, it's going to be the postseason play. It's going to be the 49ers and the Cowboys and all these historic, uh, matchups and everything that goes along with it. Um, but I mean, when I look at the Super Bowl, I just think it's such an accomplishment that teams get there because it's so hard to get there. And I think we, you know, there's a lot of people that they have their, their teams and the, t- the, the, teams they chair for, and even for buffalo in, in in saying that yeah I said uh, I feel sorry for him but the fact that you get you're able to get there is, is a huge accomplishment and winning it I mean there's so many things that have to happen uh for you to for you to uh be able to get on that road of going to the super bowl but um you know I look at the 49ers I, I, the raiders are probably the worst uh the the most uh, aggressive fan base i would say and that would be the the raiders and after that the 49ers first of all if anybody invites you to go to 49ers uh raiders game don't go man. (laughs) because there's a good chance you're gonna get your ass or it depends on which jersey you're gonna wear but um i i just love watching i mean there's so many great things these two you know with san francisco you got a quarterback that was drafted last player picked in the draft and taking his team to Super Bowl. So there's so many storylines to it to not make you, uh, to want to make you cheer for him just, just because of what their storylines are.
4: All right. Three final questions. Dan Quinn left uh, defensive coordinator, did a great job in Dallas, but now he's going to go and uh, be the head coach of the commanders. How big of a loss to the Cowboys is that?
8: I think it's a big loss. I think that, I think we all kind of knew that Dan was going to be a head coach again after Atlanta. and, But I think that after that playoff game when uh, Dallas lost to Green Bay, there was kind of some kind of decision-making that was made on the defensive side of the ball. But I don't know. I think that there's probably some things on that defense we don't know about. I think that when you look at the players that they have defensively, uh, you know, I think Micah Parson is a tremendous player. But I I think sometimes he may be a little selfish um, and because – you look in that game, not to get too technical, the way they're playing with, on the nickel pads, they're playing with a lot of defensive backs. They really didn't have a linebacker. All their linebackers were decimated. Leighton Vander Esch, he, he was injured. So they really, their their linebackers just disappeared. And I just don't think Micah, the way he plays, he wants to play up, make all these big plays. And there's nothing wrong with that. But whenever you need to solidify the core of your defense, you've got no one to play. Uh, I just don't think guys really took on that role. And I think Dan's going to be a tremendous, a tremendous coach. Everyone i talked to have been around and he's just a leader, man. He, he's very defense is fun to play. And, uh, and, and really a guys really he's he, the last three years. You got to, you know, what he did for the Dallas, defense was amazing. And uh, will it hurt uh, to a certain extent, but I, I think that there'll be a different philosophy, but, but it'll be a philosophy that's kind of similar to what they have now. Uh, but I, I think he's going to be a tremendous tremendous coach i mean washington got their guy i think he, he he'll definitely help turn that program around yeah along with that
5: champ you know people the fans are always talking about like oh i, I mean call him champ what is his name Champ. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a champ
4: i know he's a champ but you just you just it's just like so casual hey, like super hey, bowl champ yeah okay. hey, i love it man you can yeah, call okay. him whatever yeah, you yeah, want yeah go ahead just, <laughs> hey
5: Hey, to be honest, when, when oh, we're listening to
8: it,
9: let, let him continue. Hey,
5: just a couple of Cowboys fans talking here. Okay, so champ, like I was saying, so, so, so you know, like a lot of the fans loved it. They blamed Dak, they blamed Jerry Jones, they blamed the coach, they blamed Dan, like, like Dan Quinn, they blame all sorts of things. And, and, and I just feel like, don't they know what they're doing? Like, we don't know what's going on in there, like, we they know what they're doing. But you've been inside it, too. Like, is that is that factual to be inside the organization and listen to fans, listen to radio shows, talk about what the problem is, and then you just listen to that and say, like, that's not even close to what's happening here?
8: Well, I think that that's now with uh, – it was funny. I asked Troy Aikman. I, I was doing a podcast. So I was doing some hit on Instagram, and, and I was asking, I said, what would be the difference between now and, you know, when you played and the quarterback now for the Cowboys – because well, I probably have about 5 million more followers on Instagram. Um, so the social media component has really changed things because it's a brand. And I think that that really is kind of a slippery slope for the brand, especially the Dallas, because I think that some guys just get all caught up in that really didn't cut their teeth or do anything to haven't won anything in the last 30 years. And so it's a representation of what this brand brings you as a player. And I think sometimes that kind of gets lost in all the, the most important thing is like, you go out there and you're supposed to win. And this is a a franchise that, that's, that's won in the past. Uh So it's your job to get us relevant. And I think sometimes that gets lost with just, Hey, I'm a Dallas Cowboy. I'm America's team. Uh, 40 million people watch this last week. They're going to see me. And then I'm going to, and I think sometimes, Maybe for some guys, and it gets they get caught up in that. And I think that that's kind of something we're seeing with this team um, because whenever you show up and you play in a playoff game like they did against Green Bay and you play awful on offense, on defense, every aspect, coaching was horrific and was terrible. And then you expect people to listen to what you have to say without any criticism. And to me, you can't have it both ways, man. You get if you want to be part of this platform, and you don't want to be criticized your play your played, and you want to be soft, then that's your problem. I to me, I think that that's kind of been a demise, certainly for Dallas in the last few years, just because of that, because the brand's gotten so big without any without any validation, validating that hey, we're this good, and it, and you know this, it makes people mad to hear America's team and like, Hey, you guys haven't done anything in years, but Jerry's a marketing genius. You are who you are.
4: You know, you are who America's you are. team. Uh, my, my final question is more of a statement. Um, I got a text from my father-in-law, massive OU fan. He said to tell you, thanks for the goal line stand against Texas and Nebraska. <laughs> he really appreciated that. What do you remember about the goal line stands against Texas and Nebraska?
8: Well, I, I remember the the Texas game and tell your, your your dad your dad right. Just tell your dad that I, I'm I'm still my butt still hurt about that game because we ended up losing. You know the goal line stand was amazing. Um, and that and it was 1984 in the Cotton Bowl, uh, OU Texas game, and we're just balling out. And during the duration of the game, there's so many plays that we 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 recovered fumble, we got takeaways, but we didn't get the ball. We just didn't catch any of the breaks we should have. Instant replay, slammed up, and won the game. Then we had the, the goal line stand, and we had to keep them out. It was miserable, uh, it was raining, uh, just this kind of a cool environment if you're a player, just down and dirty. And they had the ball right there on the uh, goal line, right there. I believe it was fourth, and, or it was first and half a, half a yard to get this score. And we stuffed them four times, and ultimately, that's how we ended up winning the game or tying the game uh, because we you know, we ended up taking a safety, and then they got the ball back, and uh, we made an interception in the end zone, which was clearly two yards in bounds by Keith Stanberry, and that would have changed the like we would have won the game. Uh, but they were certainly uh, they're very fortunate, and they kicked the field goal and they tied. So. You know, that really pissed me off, and and I was really upset about that. Uh, In the Nebraska game, you know, when we played Nebraska, there was always something that was going to happen big at whoever won that game, and we needed to win that game in Norman. Uh, We stuffed them the same, same uh, circumstances. It was one of these, uh, you know, you you, you keep them out of the end zone or we're not going to the Orange Bowl playing for the National Championship. and we ended up stuffing because you know what? We were used to it. You know, that's the thing about it. I tell people you get used to doing things and you create that confidence that you're you you think yourself can't that you can't accomplish and you do it once or twice, you know what? You're gonna get confidence. And that's what we did. We played with a lot of confidence and hell, we knew what was at stake. And we ended up going out there and, and got it done.
4: Tony, we really appreciate the time. Um and Eddie appreciates your life. Yeah, thanks, and- champ. He really... Appreciate it. He appreciates you existing. All of it. Yeah, everything about you, actually. Um, So you guys follow Tony Casillas at Tony Casillas on Instagram. um, Two-time Super Bowl champion. And, you know, let's go... Let's go Chiefs. Who do you guys like? Well, I have way... I got a bunch of money on the Chiefs. I bet a bunch of (laughs) futures... I bet a bunch of futures like way a long time ago on Kansas City. So we're looking at a big payout if they happen to win. So... Let's go Chiefs. Yeah, and I, I support my buddy, so let's go Chiefs. Let's go Chiefs. Yeah, uh, yeah.
8: yeah let's go Chiefs. Let's go Chiefs. <laughs> hey, so you know, what I like is the prop bets. What do you think? So, what's the biggest prop bet for we?
4: Well, we were going to – we like the over-under, I think it's now, it's like 21 of the first <laughs> touchdown, the jersey, the first person who scores. Yeah. And so we were laying out, obviously, Debo, um, but Mahomes, but he's not going to rush – he has, he's, has no rushing touchdowns the whole year. Um, so I don't know. To me, it feels like I'm gonna bet the over on that and hope it's like a Kelsey. But McCaffrey, Brand- Brandon Ayuk is a low number too, but yeah. like McCaffrey, Kelsey, um, you know, I think those guys are who I would bet on scoring. That's that's our favorite one. Man, I
8: thought I thought you were gonna do the over and under how many times are gonna show Taylor Swift.
4: You know, I've learned not to really talk about that. You know, I feel that the the power of the Swifties <laughs> power. When, when I am not I'm sorry.
8: I just had I had to throw that out
4: hey, there. and I'm glad he did. But uh, Swifties, yeah. you heard it. It wasn't me, Swifties. <laughs> and whatever
5: number that is, it's going to be over,
4: probably, <laughs> yeah. unless she hides. Yeah,
8: I love. Yeah, I, I love. I love the the prop bets. We did it at a Super Bowl party before. It's like 25 questions, of you know how long the national anthem is. How you know who they? Which coach they're going to show first? And you know what's just this different things. It's pretty cool to, to, to bet the prop bets, but. Man, I really appreciate you guys having me on here. This is true an honor. I uh, appreciate, love your show, um, my boy. Man, thanks for the, the thanks for the uh, the champ comments that that, that that made
4: my day. You got it, champ. Anytime. <laughs> All, right. All right, Tony. See you later, buddy. Peace out, guys. Bye. Are you looking for a super offer for the big game? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and get this: turn five bucks into two hundred instantly in bonus bets. Yeah, 5 into 200 instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code BobbySports when you do. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. 5 to 200 instantly, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with the code Bobby Sports. The Crown is Yours gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York call 877-8-hope and wire text hope and wire 467-369. In Connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours. After issuance, see dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it.
2: 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.
4: Here's our talk now with Wichita State head coach Paul Mills from our show Too Much Access. Coach Mills was an assistant at Baylor for 14 seasons before going to Oral Roberts and now Wichita State. He talked about his inability to sit during games because of an old injury, and we really liked him. Good dude. Here is Coach Mills. Coach, thanks for having us. Uh, We noticed there's a game on Now, when we're here, what's like 10 a.m.? Yes, early. This game can't be live because you're not there. So do you ever choose to show bad games? (laughs) Or is it only wins on the screen in the locker room? One, I have no idea what game that is,
9: so I'm not (laughs) responsible for that. But there's no reason in the world to relive bad games. Uh, you know, you're probably trying to relive good experiences. So I can promise you, uh, I've been married for 26 years. If my wife ever asked me to watch our wedding video, uh, it actually went well. Uh it. It, If it had gone sideways, we <laughs> wouldn't want to relive that. So if, if a game's on, it's probably one we won. Okay, so it's St. Louis. Uh, we win yeah, this you one, Yeah, you win this Yes. We win
4: this for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 that's good. Do you ever see yourself in a, a even a game you win and you're kind of, Maybe, man, I wish I wouldn't have reacted that way. Like, I'm kind of embarrassed by my... Because I do that all the time. I'm always embarrassed by my own actions. You ever see you react to something and you think, maybe, maybe that's a little too much? Yes,
9: definitely. I think any of us, as we're doing anything... We're like, I could have handled that better. And, you know, that's just an issue of growth, right? Uh, I think people who don't ever want to grow, they think they're always perfect. Uh, But the people who can kind of look introspectively and say, man, I could have tightened this up. I could have responded better. Uh, I find myself sometimes doing that with my own children. Like, we got a 92 on the history test (laughs) instead of a 95. Uh, And uh, not really, but you kind of do that with your players. And you, you, you learn how to handle things better.
4: Being a parent and being a coach, similarities there? Same thing.
9: A lot of encouragement. Uh, You recognize when they're down, uh, and you recognize when they need to, to be encouraged. You recognize when things aren't going well, and you're asking them why. And the reality is, is I'm probably with these guys more than I am some days with my own family. I mean, I'm around these guys four hours every day. Six days a week. And then if you're traveling and playing games, you're probably with them about 10, 12 hours a day. So you're around these guys quite a bit and you kind of recognize what works. Some guys are encouragement guys and you got to tell them how good they're doing other guys are challenge guys i have little man syndrome uh and so the more you challenge me the more i would kind of all right i'll prove you wrong and so you kind of do you have to know all the different personalities in the room and how to handle it but very similar i'm a better coach because i'm a a parent
4: yeah my next question was about leadership and you talked about a little bit there because it's not a one size fits all with different personalities uh even with me in my role and i have a I have a big staff, and I have to handle everybody a little differently based on the performance I can get from them on how they like to be communicated with. Where I'm sure some players like to have it told, and some players like to have dance around and like to be soft with them. Um, how do you? How long does it take to kind of figure out someone's communication style and method?
9: Yeah, it takes a while. You know, you have to spend a lot of time with them. We do a thing called Mills Mills, M-I-L-L-S. I don't know what M- that is. M-E-A-L-S. Uh, so Mills, Paul meals. Mills 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 yeah and so uh, so we eat every Sunday night and, oh that's what yeah. I thought it was some kind of like it, it, no M-E-A-L-S I like invented a yeah. test that, Paul Mills like, let's take M-E-A-L-S. it <laughs> how I, many triangles are yeah. in this triangle I'm like yeah. alright let's go being from Houston my, my pronunciation isn't great so you kind of got I'm from Arkansas so All no right. no yeah uh, and, and so you know Spending a lot of time in that fellowship where they get to know each other, we get to know them, uh, we eat quite a bit, obviously, on the road together. So being in those situations to where you know. But I think you can be demanding without being demeaning. Um, You can say, hey, here's the standard. Um, how do we rise up to it? Uh, we're not We're not going to lower the standard. This is the standard. How can I help you reach that standard? Uh, how can we make sure that you have the resources and the people necessary in order to get to where you need to go? Uh, I, I can recall one day somebody in the office said, man, can I get, you know what I need to help me? I need a paper cutter. And it's like, all right. Uh, uh, uh. next morning drop, stop by Target and just, hey here's a bow with a paper cutter on it that's going to help you I don't know how it's going to help you but if that's going to help us be more efficient those are the things you want to do and so I think you're just constantly this is the standard this is what needs to get done um, we're not going to lower it uh, we can be demanding without being demeaning but you need to tell us uh, what what you want uh, out of this so that we can help you provide the resources provide the people in order to get to wherever it is we're trying to go
5: just so you know coach I'm also a coach I coach my son's 10 year old basketball team to say so it's much know, the same, th- yeah.
9: but but after a game
5: coach I'm exhausted yeah like uh, it, sometimes it's Saturday morning 11 o'clock game afterwards I'm like I need a beer like I'm, I'm so tired <laughs> from just screaming and stressing and, and yelling are you exhausted after a game?
9: Depends on the game, but you're definitely pretty fatigued. Um, There's just so much prep work. So we'll we'll give a a scouting report to our players, and it'll be about 120 hours committed to that specific scouting report. And you have to keep it really, really simple. So all the preparation and the work that goes into presenting that information to your players to help them on the court, that takes a lot. The practices leading up to it take a lot. The game takes a lot. Uh, that's probably the most. But I have so much adrenaline flowing in me after the game, uh, whether we win or lose. Uh, if you win, you're kind of like, all right. Uh, if we lose, you're like, what went wrong? Yeah. And I'm just so anxious to jump into the film. Um, usually takes me about eight hours after a game. So let's say a game, 7 o'clock, I get home, 10, 30, 11, I'm usually pulling all-nighters. I usually go to about 7 a.m. Uh, breaking down the game and figuring everything out. Uh, if we win by a lot, sometimes I'll cut it down by like after two or three and say, I'm going to get back to this in the morning. Uh, but what happens in conference is you only get one day off sometimes between games. Mm. Um, I don't know how football coaches do it because if you lose, I couldn't wait another week. Mm. Uh, so I do like basketball. It's like, all right, 48 hours, we we'll get another chance. Uh, but I, I find the adrenaline, I am tired, but it's like, I got to fight through this because we got another team to prepare for in 48 hours.
4: Has it ever been so bad that you buried the tape and don't watch it? Like the game was so bad, done. Uh,
9: I don't, I can't ever recall that. Uh, I, so I coached at Baylor for 14 years prior to uh, uh, going to Oral Roberts. And we lost a lot of games by 50. Uh, <laughs> my first four years, you know, going against Kevin Durant and Blake Griffin and uh, really good players in the Big 12. And so there were days there uh, that, that we forgot about the tape and just kind of moved on. But it, it's different now as a head coach because you feel that these are the, it's on our, us and the staff to tighten these areas up. Um, and so I haven't, I don't believe, as a head coach.
4: Has it ever really been your fault? Because coaches will be like, that one's on me, but I always feel like they're just taking the bullet.
9: No, it's been my fault. So I'll tell you this. When we played in the Sweet 16 game in 2021, when I was at Oral Roberts, we lost by two points. Um, to who? To Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Listen, Arkansas. Bones. Come on, man. And you know what Paul Mills got? <laughs> Paul Mills got a technical that allowed Arkansas yeah. to get two two free throws. Yeah, I love you. You remember that? I love you. Oh, yeah. And, and, and in my mind, it's like, Man, I could have handled that better. And you just, if you ever coach a Sweet 16 game um, and it doesn't go your way, lose by 50 instead of losing by two. Losing by two keeps you up at nights. Uh, but I do, yeah, I, I totally, you got to own it. Uh, that's on you, and I could have done better. Although we did go on a fifteen to four run uh, right after the technical, and it kinda, did. yeah. <laughs> I didn't so, like that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and so so any of that, you you do kind of have to think through it. And but yeah, I definitely think from my perspective, I, I it it's on me.
4: What about like schematically? Have you ever just planned wrong?
9: Oh my goodness, yes. Really? Yeah. Uh, And and it's easy to say, all your players, they didn't get it done. That's just easy to throw your guys under the bus. But, uh, no, definitely playing wrong. Didn't think a guy who, hey, this guy only makes 20% of his three-point shots. All right, we're going to give him some looks. And what he is is he's a confidence kid. So he sees those first one. You want him to make the first one if they're bad shooters, because what you know is they'll keep shooting. Like, all right, the bad shooter made one. He's going to continue to do it. Then he makes a second one. And you're like, uh. And then the third one, you're like, holy cow, he can do. Now he's just filling it. That match is lit, and you can't put it out. And uh, I've done that before to where um, uh, you just made a mistake on some personnel calls.
5: Alley oops! We love watching them as a fan, but as a coach, do you like do you like alley oops or yeah? You like you know, let's just
9: do the safe play. And get no, them? so the best shot in basketball is a dunk or a layup. Uh, so we're trying to get as many of those as possible, and and if you can have guys who can go up and fetch that stuff. Uh, it's pretty – one, it's it's an electric play, but to be honest with you, it's a good play. Like if you could just grab a ball and you're above the rim and you just tip it down, uh, that's a pretty high, uh, highly efficient shot, high percentage shot. So we have uh, guys who can go get those. And uh, we we encourage it. We have a number of them in our in our playbook, and really try to. Uh, you, now the key is not necessarily you do have to have somebody with the athletic ability, but you have to have a passer. Uh, you have to have a guy who can actually put it there. Uh, but no, we we. I'm a big fan.
5: How often do you practice alley-oops? Is that kind of one, part of one of the practice sessions? Yeah,
9: I, th- I think like, they're in like, hey, this is an alley-oop segment. Uh, that one. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we don't do <laughs> any yeah. of that. But during the normal flow uh, of just, man, here, here goes, here goes uh, um, player development. And here are guards practicing pick and rolls. Um, just, hey, what are the reads? Where do you throw it? When do I throw it? What's the timing? All of that. It, it's pretty organic. And then there are some some things that are structured in order to get the same opportunity.
4: You talk about high percentage shots. There's a, a coach like Nate Oates at Alabama. And notoriously, they talk about how he only wants shots near the basket or behind the three-point line. Yeah. No real mid-range. Where, yeah. What is your philosophy on the mid-range?
9: well I, I was just we were talking this morning as a staff if you look at 2013 there's only two players who have better than a 50 percent range from long twos yeah, Katie. um, Katie's yeah. one of them uh, can you guess the other LeBron no not LeBron Chris Paul uh Chris Paul. So there are 233. You didn't players. give us adequate time to guess, Coach. I feel like I felt like I was I I, di- I,
4: I, I would have got that right. And too. coach,
9: you put us on the spot. Yeah, I'm no, sorry. No, go I let you guys up and I saw the easy trivia questions. Yeah, I, I would have got that one. And I would have flunked okay, those. I'm right. telling y'all. <laughs> like twenty eight days in a month. Uh uh but but go <laughs> going back to there's only two. And so what, what you you what you try to find out is what what are ways that are quality mid range shot? Now I'm not anti mid range, um, whereas some coaches are. I'm not. I think there's value in it uh, in certain responsibilities. What we would call pushdowns, downs, uh, being able to get close to the guards basically posting people up uh, through the dribble and and I think those are highly percentage shots I think if you can get ball screen twos um, and I can get to the elbow which is what Chris Paul does a lot if you have guys but we show our guys their numbers um, and we ask them to be if you take these twos you need to be able to make over 50% so we show them their numbers pretty much after at least every day if not every other day Uh, so they're well aware of it and if it's efficient we're going to do it, uh, but I'm not anti-middle game.
4: We have three final questions for you. Taking over this program, it, you, you come and is it a culture change that you have brought in? Is it uh, you know a culture elevation from what's been here? Like what when you come into a new program? It doesn't have to be here; it could be you wherever. Like what is your mindset when you go into a new place? Yeah,
9: it's the people. You know, um, there's nothing magical about any specific school just because you have a certain. Uh, Jersey on On the front of it Doesn't mean you're going to win The people have to matter So whatever it is That we can do In order to help the people So you know Uh, When I got here, the guys asked for PlayStations. Um, It's like, hey, we we don't have PS5s. And I was like, done deal. They had an older refrigerator, and I just came in and said, man, we need to get a newer refrigerator. And so some of it's just like, how do we help the players? And so in my mind, let's get the right people. Uh, let's get the right people in here and then how how do we help them like what are the things that we can do to help them i mean again everybody talks about well you need to have excellence in all things i i I just think you're you're not going to have the best of everything but you do need to take excellent care of what you are stewarded with and for us that's the people we want to take excellent care of them and make sure we have the right guys in the locker room um from a character standpoint and and that's kind of how you make the strides
5: Coach, we were talking about fishing a second ago yeah. before we started here. Uh, what do you like about fishing? Because I was talking to my wife. She asked me, and I said, It's kind of like the lottery. You know, you kind of just go in, you don't know if you're going to hit it or not. You don't know if they're going to bite or not, but some days you get a good one. Yeah.
9: What do you like so, about fishing? So, uh, so, are you familiar with Live Scope? Have you ever heard this term no. in fishing? All right. So, this is a video game. All right. So, on your boat is a TV, and you can see them. And you can see them swimming down there, and you, you kind of know. And you're basically going up and throwing the minnow. It or, sounds like cheating, Coach. It, it, listen, that you can't get them to bite. Um, as I as I tell people, it doesn't mean they're going to bite. They may have just had a steak dinner, all right? And they, they had shad all night. And all of a sudden, if you just give them a Snickers, they don't want it. Uh, so <coughs> having the things necessary to help them is important.
4: Can I get a water? Of course you can. I'm giving him, <laughs> for those that can't see it. I'm giving Coach the Heimlich right now. I'm saving his life. You guys, they are only listening to the audio of this. I got you. There he goes. Thank you. Oh, I harder, si- harder, I ju- harder. Yep, got him. Harder. I just saved his life for everybody watching. Oh, there. You okay? Okay, good. Pat. Okay. I think he's breathing. He's breathing yeah, now. He's, good. he's breathing right, now. Save it, Save it. You, Okay, there he is. Uh, Eddie, mouth to mouth. Uh, okay. Give him. Yeah, there you go. Coach, open up. All right. I'm he, coming in. Will pass. All right. There he is. <laughs> no, you can't pass. Your life is being saved. Can you imagine you're going to save someone's life and <laughs> pass? No, no, no. <laughs> Aren't you Please? unconscious? No, we're good. Please, right. not you. Last question. You all right? Yeah. All okay. good. Because I was having some of those uh, peanuts too, and I got a little bit of that. Uh-huh. I thought I was going to sue, but if you're, it's happening to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you don't sit down when you coach. Or at least I've never seen you sit down. I know you had the injury that kept you from uh, continuing your basketball career. Is that why you don't sit down? Because your back, your vertebrae? Bad back.
9: Like, and, and then all of a sudden if you just jump up at the last second because somebody makes a good play or a bad play, then I really feel it. So it's just easier for me to stand. Um, there, there's a coach who I used to spend my summers with named Rick Najaris. Uh, he would stand
4: all the time. You would, you would hang out with Rick Majerus? I uh, love Rick, Rick Majerus. Rick is awesome. Yeah,
9: yeah. and uh, uh, when, when he passed away, he, he was just so supportive of me and helped me a ton, but he couldn't sit down because of his weight. Um, he was just so big, and, and it was hard for him sometimes. But for me, uh, I did. I cracked my bottom vertebrae on my spine, and if I sit in bleachers or I sit anywhere too long, my back can lock up. Um and so it's just best that it doesn't happen in front of 10,000 people. Uh, so I just stay standing the whole game.
4: I should get you like a, one of those sleep numbers that we have that brings you back up. You can oh, lay in the bed. yeah, yeah. It you up. Uh,
9: you, you know who had that was Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson had one of those bigger chairs than everybody that really helped him with his back. So I could get one of those where you press a button and then it just kind of lifts it you out of <laughs> yeah.
4: Perfect. And, uh, yeah, that would be. That would be. Well, Coach, we really appreciate the time. Uh, good luck with the program. Uh, I know everybody's excited about having you here. And by everybody, I mean Eddie and I. Because we don't talk to anybody else. Just, uh, <laughs> that's we're in our own bubble. Uh, thanks for having us.
9: Eddie, Bobby, thank you guys for coming.
4: Awesome. Thanks, thank Coach. You, coach. All right now, this is us talking with Wichita State assistant coach Quincy Ac. Quincy played for Coach Mills at Baylor, 08 to twenty twelve, when Coach Mills was assistant there. Drafted in the second round of the twenty twelve NBA by the Raptors, and he took us through some drills, which you can watch on Too Much Access. And here he is. I mean, just talking NBA, which is cool, with Quincy Ac. Coach, if you saw us walking the gym, like we're here to try out. Mm-hmm. Look exactly like this. Well, mm-hmm. we'll first glance. What were your thoughts? First
3: glance. Well, if you are here that means you 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 want to be. Here. That's right. So we that's, want That's, it that's the most go. important thing. So that's half the battle. You want to be here. I can I can I can work with that. Okay, but what's the other half? Because yeah. you'd probably think the other half is uh, you know we got a, you lot got of a hat again. on. You know yeah. I don't um, know if the shoes are tied all the way. I don't know if you guys will be ready. You know I don't. My shoes aren't tight. Yeah, it has a strap. Yeah, and I don't know yeah, how that are, will these hold are, up. These
4: are ones without without
3: shoe oh, straps. Oh, okay, I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> how that will hold up. You know, somebody has some nice handle, but
4: I don't have any of that nice handle. I have nothing. I have nothing. We'll get you right. Uh,
3: whenever when you're in the league, do you get free shoes? hmm Yes. Either you're sponsored by um a company, Nike, Adidas, whatever, or whatever the league is sponsored by, Nike, Adidas, they have shoes there. Is yeah. it unlimited? Mm, I mean, to a certain extent. In 2K, you can choose who you want. To yes. Sponsor you. You it's you not that, that easy okay. no. in real life. But if you had I want to VC in real life, like I love coins. I mean, they give you money, but it's not really, uh, I guess it's VC, virtual currency. Yeah. So exactly. You don't really see I it. I guess it's, all, all currency is virtual, it's in a bank, in an exactly. account there. It's a number.
4: <laughs> How has uh, it been adjusting to not being that dude, but now you got to be this dude, the coach that's the leader, not the player?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a big ego check. You know, that's, a, that's the main thing. Check your ego at the door every day. Realize that these these dudes don't care about what you did in the past. You know they want to know how can you help them, and if you care enough about them. So that's the biggest adjustment. But I mean, it comes naturally. My mom was a teacher. My grandmother was a teacher. So I get a great joy out of, out of my job. Coaching always what you wanted to do after you finish your playing career? Um, yes, I think so. My mom, she kind of she spotted it early. She told me I would be a coach. Uh, but I think it took a longer time for me to accept it. And then once injuries kind of started piling up. I had to kind of accept it a little quicker. When you're a professional
4: and you are getting injuries, uh, do you want to not have people know you have injuries so they don't know to move you down the bench or off the team? Do you try to, like, get through it? Try to, not even fake it, but just yeah, yeah. try not to make it a thing? No,
3: definitely, definitely try to tough through it um, because, I mean, there are people right behind you waiting to take your spot. So, you know, you have to have a, a high pain tolerance and try to muscle through some stuff.
5: All these assistant coaches sitting back there, like what's your job during the game? Do you focus in on a player or are you mm. looking at something specific?
3: Yeah, so I, I'm kind of looking at it all. You know, the coaches on the front of the bench, we all kind of have an eye for everything. If it's a scout, you're looking for play calls, looking for tendencies with the players that's on the court. And a lot of the guys behind the bench, they have different roles. You know, they have hustle points, uh, uh, after timeout plays, you know, it's a, a plethora of different things, but... I'd know, get a lot of hustle points. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah, the only yeah. points I'd score, though. That's what i do. Yeah, oh, <laughs> oh, sounds, sounds like hundred hustle
4: <laughs> points and zero game you points. You can make a living <laughs> off of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, the, the transition from playing in the NBA to coaching in college, like mm-hmm. baseline, sideline, like there are a lot of different things that you can and can't do in mm-hmm. both. So was it natural to come back and coach in college? Or you have to kind of
3: relearn the rules because mm-hmm. there are
4: some small differences.
3: Yeah, it's a lot of differences, actually. Uh, there's not as many sideline out-of-bounds plays as it is in the NBA. You know, um, it's just more so kind of get the ball in. There's no defensive three seconds in the NBA. So, you know, you can plan to attack a, li- a lot differently. Um, so, you know, it's an adjustment and I I wanted to come back to kind of, like you said, kind of go back to the grassroots to learn the ins and outs, what it is I'm looking for in players, what do young talent look like nowadays, you know? So yes, college was a great choice for me. What do people see in you as an 18, 19 year old player? Mm, I think that passion, they see that I played, um, they see that I care. I come out here, I kind of talk a little trash, you know, they can relate a little bit um and I've done what they've done or or trying to do you know what I mean so I've been through um all the spoils all the the hard times I, I know what it looks like and I have a different perspective you know it's a different eye from the sideline as it than it is when you're on the court you know so I can kind of give them that perspective what coach saw you at 18 19 and invested a
4: lot in you to make sure that you be the guy to go to the next level
3: coach Mills the head coach here, you know, he, he recruited me at Baylor when I was 15, um, and, you know, he was responsible for uh, rebounding all my bricks that I was shooting up in college, and we just built a great relationship, but he saw it early. You know, he saw the, the competitiveness, the, the passion, and the skill. He knew that that would come along, you know, with just with hard work. Fifteen? Yeah, 15 years old. Yeah. Well, how many star recruit were you? Uh, I think I was a four-star recruit. You don't remember? I'd know. I'd have a tattoo on remember. me. Yeah, uh, I, my yeah. nipples would be tattooed <laughs> with stars, yeah, and in the middle, four, four yeah, stars. That, yeah,
4: that would be. The whole, that'd be <laughs> I, I, that, I that would be. I'd true. be so proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want Dancing with the Stars, and I got a Mirrorball trophy on my arm okay. somewhere. It, there, it, there. So if I had star, it'd be like all the yeah, way up and down the middle. You
5: want Dancing with the Stars? you believe that? I did not. You don't
4: look at me as like pure athlete. i don't never judge a book by its scope. That's right. You know. But that could also be interpreted as an insult. Correct. Uh, right? Depends that's, how you look at it. Exactly. <laughs> it depends
3: how you look at it. Coach,
5: uh, yes. what do you do with a player that's just kind of, you know, not really just moving as hard as he should or, or playing as hard as he should? Like, How do you motivate someone like that?
3: Yeah, I mean, each player is different, you know. It's different things kind of gets different players going. Some guys you can kind of challenge. Some guys you can kind of call out in front of everybody. Some guys you got to kind of go up and see what's going on behind closed doors. Um, it, it, it's different for each guy and, you know, you, you have to really be careful, you know, because if you yell at a guy that doesn't respond well to that, you know, now he shuts down and now you can't get anything out of him. So, you know, it is, it's a learning curve in that aspect, you know. When you are playing in the league, who was the hardest guy that you had to guard? Um, I tell people that my toughest matchup was when I was with the New York Knicks uh, going against LaMarcus Aldridge. He was in contract year, so. So he's trying real hard. Yeah, 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 a lot more to play for. Um, And I think the Knicks were interested in him, so it was even more. Um, I think he probably scored on me seven times in a row. Not seven points, like seven times in a row. And not hustle points, (laughs) like real points. These were real baskets. (laughs) So that that gave me my, my toughest matchup. But overall, you know, guys like LeBron, KD, you know, they're just so big and so skilled. It's. So hard to guard him. You played with Carmelo in New York. I did. So Carmelo could shoot. Carmelo was big. Like what? What? What was he
4: like as a teammate? And, and what was? That's a rare combination. At least then. Mm-hmm. Now guys are getting a lot bigger. Right, with a right, lot right. more ball skills. A lot able to shoot a lot better. Mm-hmm. Like that. He. I mean, he's kind of a. That, that was a very rare thing for mm-hmm. Carmelo at his time coming out of Syracuse. Yeah. What was that dude like to play with?
3: I love Carmelo, man. I saw him this summer at the top 100 camp. His son was there, um, so I got a chance to kind of catch up with him. Great dude. Great teammate off the court, just unbelievable, and on the court. I mean, he's just a competitor. You know, he, he's going, he's going to make you feel him whenever you guard him. You know, he's always bumping you, pulling on you. have Heard all the the recordings of you know how he talks when he's getting the, the rebounds and stuff. So. That's just who he is, you know. He's a competitor and uh, just a great guy. I you said it, the Pelicans
4: tried to get him back this year.
3: Yeah, that's what you I heard. After, after, after t- he retired. <laughs> yeah, after he retired. What
4: if what if they call, what if the Pelicans called you today? And yeah, say, can you give us ten games, coach?
3: Ah, I said I can give you ten you games. You give it ten. I give you ten. Yeah. Yeah. Can give you 10. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about it? seventy? Could you give him seventy? Could not. That's, seventy, my body would break down
4: for sure. Uh, two final questions: best shooter that you've ever played with
3: or against? Against Steph Curry. What's that like? Is he just yeah, can you, yeah. is he just nonstop? No, he stop? doesn't stop moving. Um, it was I was in the same game. It was I think it was when Clay was kind of going back and forth with Omri Caspi, but it was just like Omri made a shot, Clay made a shot, Omri made a shot, Steph made a shot. It was the about six trips back and forth with nobody missed. Craziest thing I've ever been a part of. Um, and then the the best shooter I played with, uh, I gotta say Dirk Nowitzki. But Steve Novak is very high on that list. Mm-hmm. He was a sniper, you know. I mean, it was no no meat on that uh, or no fat on that shot. You know, he straight to it, and it's all net. That's
5: kind know? of how I do it.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, no, yours is all, all fat, no net. you Yeah, you heard him wrong.
4: You heard him wrong. Um, bad. <laughs> last question. As a coach, mm-hmm. what are you about? Like, just, just straight up. Like, what are you about as a coach?
3: Oh... Uh, I mean, competitiveness, like when I played, I was just competitive, I I just had a a will to win, you know, that couldn't be matched, in my opinion. And, you know, that's kind of what I try to bring out of these guys. It's in everybody. You know, everybody has a level of competition and a level of they don't want to lose or whatever in them. And. It's just on you as a coach to figure out ways to bring it out of, you know, so that's what I'm about, you know, just toughness, grittiness. I'm know. perfect for you then. There we yeah. go. Yeah, I, can, I have I, a will to win. I just never right. win, but I have that's a will. Right. I have a you will back, too. You just, you just been with the, the wrong guy. Right. That's, that's, that's
4: it. Last up is guard Xavier Bell. Bell spent his first two years at Drexel before coming back to Kansas to play for the Shockers. Super nice guy. You can keep up with Xavier on Instagram, at XB. Here he is, Xavier Bell. How many shots do you think you get up a day, Xavier?
7: Uh... A good 250. Just regardless, like you're
4: at least going to get 250 in? Yeah. Eddie was trying to shoot 1,000 yeah. today.
5: I got to 47,
4: I kind of just like... He, he got
5: tired.
4: <laughs> yeah, so is there I any could, advice you'd like to give him?
7: Uh, just keep going, man. I think 47, you're, you're chipping away a little bit, so you got... Tiny you, chips. Yeah. Paint chips. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Baby stuff. Yeah. So uh, we were looking at some of your numbers this year. Uh, right now I average about 15 a game. Do you know where you are point-wise during a game, or, or are you just playing, or do you catch up in between halves?
7: Uh... They kind of showed on our scoreboard uh, every game, so I kind of look up from time to time. But for the most part, I don't really try and get too caught up in that. I kind of just want to help our team win.
4: If you're feeling it, does the bucket feel huge? Does it feel like you can't – are there those moments where you're like, man – I don't know if I can miss. Yeah,
7: I feel like uh, the person in front of me is having, a, is having a rough night, so I like to just keep, you know, keep going on that. So
4: Can you ever identify that before a game, or is that always in-game when you just kind of feel like you're in the zone?
7: Uh, I try and get my mind right before the game, you know, kind of come in with the right attitude. So you know, It's not really who I'm going against is really what I can do. Um, so just kind of focus on that, just to keep going for sure.
4: In baseball, if you're throwing really good before the game in the bullpen, that's kind of a bad sign. Mm-hmm. If you're shooting and you're making everything you shoot around. Now in basketball, is that good, or does that not matter at all?
7: Uh, I think it's good. It kind of puts a little bit more confidence in my head already than what already is in there. Um, so I would say, eh, yeah, a little bit. Sometimes I don't I don't like to make a lot, just so that way I go in. You don't and, want to waste them. Yeah, exactly, yeah, you exactly. Go in the game, start missing, get get in my head a little bit more. So just stuff like that.
5: Is playing on the road much harder, or is it just the same deal? Like-
7: I would say... It's kinda it's more fun just to be able to go into someone else's environment and try and give give them your best and hopefully shut up their crowd. So yeah.
4: What's the best road win you've ever had? Uh I mean it just felt good. Like like that baby had some candy and you walked yeah. in, it took the sprees <laughs> right out of their hand. And ate them all.
7: Uh, we played a really good game against Tulane last year uh, at Tulane. I would say so. That was probably a good a good road win for us. I would say.
4: What's the game where you felt collegiately most in the zone? Even if you hadn't scored the most points, like you felt, mm-hmm. even, even your passes were super crisp.
7: Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say. So it, it wasn't here. Uh, I, I was at an old school, but I, I scored 30 in a game. And I think the flow was just, it was just second nature, just keep getting to the bucket. So that was that was probably my best one for sure.
4: Is it like Harry Potter where you don't say the guy's name? Like, what's the guy's name in Harry Potter? <laughs> Voldemort? <laughs>
7: is it like you don't say the school, the old school? I felt yeah. that, I felt yeah. that. <laughs> like Voldemort. We don't, I mean, that don't even exist exactly. anymore. <laughs> yeah. Dude,
4: what's it like being
5: an elite athlete in college? Like, my college is like, we just mm-hmm. partied and.
7: You know? it's a it's a grind i think you got to wake up every day you know with the right attitude right mindset um weights classes practice as well but just making sure you're putting your best foot forward in whatever it is that you do so
5: but do you get to have fun like do you get to enjoy college like yeah. Everyone
7: else? yeah of course you know there's off days so you kind of you're able to unwind and relax you know catch up with old friends stuff like that family that's close by i'm from here so my family's close but uh, i would say it's nothing nothing too taxing especially since i've been doing the sport my whole life
4: Can you hear your family in the stands since they've always been with you and you know their voices? nah but i know where they are so i like to
7: i like to look over at them from time to time for sure my dad especially but uh for the most part you definitely can't hear them
4: that's got to be exciting though for your family to be able to just drive down the road absolutely like what that had to mean a lot to you to come play here too
7: it did you know i I went to a school that was about 20 hours away uh, right out of high school so it was kind of tough for them to get to a bunch of games but once i transferred back and everything it was it was super cool just to see them at all the games that they can come to
4: yeah voldemort you
7: Oh, right, right, Yeah, right. University of Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Is it hard, like you talk
5: about your dad, like, is it hard to tell your dad like that, I'm at another level now, like I got coaches that- Oh,
7: like,
4: like he's above.
5: You
7: know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. Mike can do that with me, is yeah. like, dad, we Got coach. And that's funny you said that because when I first transferred back last year, me and my dad kind of got into it early because he all he was just so big on uh, getting in the gym with me, doing this, doing that. I'm like, well, I have coaches now who do that for me. And he's like, well, you know, you you can never get away from the basics. And I'm like, I understand that. But it's just a different level that you got to kind of do it at now. So it, it's, it's, it was tough uh, at first, but I think he's got acquainted to it just like I have. So if you wanted to shoot around here, could you come in at any time and shoot in the gym? Yeah. So, we, and the coaching staff we have now and everything too, they have a lot of GAs on staff who rebound for us. You know, get in the gym whenever we're available and all that. So, I like to come in in the morning before class just to get it out the way, and then maybe shoot after practice and everything. So,
4: if somebody to rebound for you—that'd be awesome. That'd be yeah. They'd work a lot harder for us though than him. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be chasing. We need two. We need one on each side of the room. Right. They'd be chasing them like crazy. Yeah. It, what would your teammates say about you if we asked them when you weren't around, and we yeah. said? you know, what's Xavier all about? What would they say about you?
7: Uh, Just the right things. I would just say, you know, trying to be the best leader I can. Obviously, I'm not a leader in everyone's eyes, but I just try and do the right thing that I know is right for my team and for everybody around me as well.
4: All right, last three questions. Do you ever play yourself into shape? Is that a thing? Or do you get in shape and you play yourself in a better shape?
7: Mm-hmm. I would say you play yourself in a better shape. You know, I think coaches do a really good job off season. you know, kind of preparing you for those type of runs, those type of different environments. But I don't think it's up until you get that first win going up against someone who's also been preparing at that same level as you that you're like, okay, this is what I need to pick it up to now. So then day in and day out, that's where you're just trying to get better and better at. Are you good at 2K? No, I don't play. That's, uh, nah, no. I, haven't, I haven't bought the new 2K. I know I'm gonna get crap for that. Yeah, we play all the time. Yeah, man, we're it's, gonna
9: invite you in our
0: league. Yeah, it's, right? it's,
7: it's the same though. It's like every year is the same. I've heard 24 is the best one yet, but I hear that every single time a new 2K comes out. Okay, somewhere. but like you got
5: you got court knowledge, you got yeah. you know what you're doing, so when you play the game, do you
7: just dominate? Uh, <laughs> my friends would tell you otherwise, but I'm gonna tell you yeah.
4: Yeah,
7: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mid-range, how do you feel about mid-range? I like it. I don't take a lot of them. I shoot a lot of floaters more than just pull up mid-ranges, but I actually like that part of the game. I think it's a lost art, but it's really good. It's appealing to me, I would say. You ever dunk? Have I ever dunked? Do you ever dunk? Uh, not, in, not since the season started, but I've dunked this year. You, you yeah.
4: Have? Yeah. Okay. Only breakaway, or you ever put it on
7: somebody? It was on somebody uh, this year. That's what I'm talking about. We'll find that clip. How yeah. hard is it to not hang on the rim like
9: when it's a good dunk? For uh, real, though, you just want to be Yeah, it's, I would how
4: say it's know? all about. You've never dunked in your <laughs> life. How do you know? <laughs> one time, man. Oh, that's everything right. You <laughs> stepped on his back. That's right.
7: I would say it's all about momentum. So, like, if two hands, it, it's probably harder not to hang on the rim. But one hand, I think it's all about just getting off the rim and, and then letting the dude know that you just dunked on him and everything. Oh, so. how,
4: how would you let him know without the ref knowing you let him know?
7: Because ah, if
4: you let him look, know, to, well, look. if you stand over him, like I do sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, you got that. Yeah. I with that. Yeah.
7: <laughs> I would say it's, it's word choice is what I would say. Yeah. Word choice. So I don't like to, you know, I'm not going to say what I would say on camera. Uh, the clip that they got of me this year, they got what I said on camera, but. It okay. Just we'll say
5: words and then you tell us if it's the word. Yeah. I'll okay. go first.
4: You're a satisfactory good dude. <laughs> Was that it? Yeah. I okay. That, I thought that was long it. Long. I read the lips. <laughs> yeah, that was good.
7: Yeah. Okay, we appreciate you. Appreciate Yeah. Have a great season. For sure. Yeah.
4: Hope you're healthy. And uh, this is uh, this is for Xavier right here. Yep. No. <laughs> yeah. No. That would have been, I, would have been <laughs> awesome. All right.
1: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge.
2: Right Rug Flooring. All right, that's it. The final whistles. I got football cards here to give away
4: just for that. Ooh, oh, cool. Okay. How are we going to do that? Eddie, you get a Malik Willis. Yeah. Titans.
5: I'll take it. I like it. Liberty dude.
4: Um, Reed, you get an Amari Cooper. Cool. I what don't know the, who that is. Why, why would you cool. give
5: him the Amari one?
4: I just, he didn't He's know just drawn. It <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, you get – or uh, Kevin, you get a Denzel Mims. Okay. Do you know your team plays for? Uh,
6: <laughs> uh, Patriots. Mims. No, he I don't worry about it. The Jaguars. Bears. Jaguars. Oh, I would not have guessed that.
4: Um, Mike, you get a Kyler Murray. I'll
6: take it. Awesome, that's a good one.
4: Uh, it's a Tayshawn Gibson.
6: That's Reed's. Reed, come on, Niners.
4: And then I have this. Yes, like a, I'm gonna keep this, see if it's any good. Whoa, it's whoa, a whoa, whoa. NBA hoops rookie special, Asar Thompson. Never Let me know hurt. if that's worth anything, Mike. Oh, I play for the Pistons. Now he does. He yeah. was drafted first round.
5: Yeah.
6: Okay. It's
4: I rookie saw, special. Asar Thompson. <laughs> oh, you saw that from over there? Yeah, dude. I got LASIK. on camera.
5: No, no, no. My eyes. I got LASIK. Oh. You can see everything. It's a panini. Ten bucks.
4: Oh. Uh, this one goes to. <laughs> do you want a mic? What the? you to daddy. Okay, Eddie. Can yeah, out. thanks, oh. Mikey. <laughs> Guys, it's gonna go
5: straight to my kids. Don't act.
4: And I have you got. You can do whatever you want with all these. I don't even care. Uh, you open a new pack? I got a new pack here we're going to open. This first one is a Brett Favre rookie card.
6: <laughs> oh, God. We're going
4: to give this to Reed. Who's yeah.
6: <laughs> Brett Favre. Brett
4: Favre. <laughs> okay, here oh. we go. We got a Matthew Barry draft card. What? He has own card? Matthew Barry? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. We got a first overall 1985 Bruce Smith. No. Wow. Whoa. That's cool, man. The bills. We got an All-American Caleb Williams draft card.
5: Yeah, that's going to be something.
4: We got a draft card... Uh, Brock Bowers. Dude, this is going to be worth a nickel or $1,000. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mike could have lied to me just to get the card. (laughs) And then a Bijan Robinson. uh, They can't put the Longhorn on there. They wiped the Longhorn off, but Touchdown Kings
6: card. They didn't pay for the licensing?
4: I guess not. Hey, been there.
6: Yeah, sure. (laughs) We know what that's like.
4: (laughs) Hey, what's the deal?
6: Still waiting, but we're we're making progress. We're moving along. And waiting? And waiting. And we're making progress and waiting? And waiting. Okay. Yes. We're waiting. Last I heard is... Double checking again. Reed just sent me something. If you want to use this during the episode, he sent it to me right now. I just saw it. I just saw. Like it. he
4: literally sent some material right now as we're ending it. What was it? This will be Super Bowl 58. If you add five and eight together, you get 13. Taylor Swift. San Francisco 49ers are playing in the game. Four and nine added together are 13. Taylor Swift. Reed, are you Taylor conspiracy person? No,
6: I just saw this. I was like, the 49ers that's kind of are the
4: one seed in the NFC, while the Chiefs are the three seed in the AFC. <gasps>
6: 13. But they're just
4: they're cherry picking things that equal 13. They're not showing every number from everything. Taylor Swift is scheduled to take a plane from a concert in Tokyo to Las Vegas. The flight time from Tokyo to Las Vegas is roughly 13. 13 hours. Roughly. Come on, guys. If Swift does indeed make it to game, this will be her 13th appearance at a Kansas City Chiefs game this season. Come on. To date, the Super Bowl, February 11th, 2024, 2 and 11 added together is 13. Wow. Wait, what? This is crazy. So the, going, wait, huh? the date of the Fab- Super Bowl is February 11th. Oh, okay, got it. If you subtract 13 from 100, you get 87, which is the jersey number of... Swiss boyfriend. That's term. true. Is so stupid. No, no, that's so <laughs> true. I did want to use it in the episode. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, man, thank
5: you. If you get a false start, that's a five-yard uh, penalty. And if you... And then
4: and you get an eight. Yeah. Uh, uh, if, you, uh, if you go uh, for octopus. two yeah.
6: after a octopus. touchdown, <laughs> then that's you add point. those up. That's yeah, yeah, 13. Yeah. And we talked about Dan Marino
4: earlier, who was oh, number 13. 13. Oh, yeah,
6: yeah. yeah.
5: Dang.
4: All right. Man. Wow, 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 wow. This could Dang. possibly be our final episode. Thank you guys for listening. Hey, I love you guys. Thank you. If This is our last one. I've not heard from Kevin during this. But, um, Eddie, you gotta give us one good blow before we end. Oh, I'll
5: give you my best blow.
4: Here he is, Mr. Blow. Go ahead. Wow. Nice job, dude. Is
5: that good? That camera crew's like, what just happened in there?
4: That's awesome. (laughs) All right, it's been a real treat. Thank you, guys. Maybe we'll see you next week. We probably won't. We don't know.
6: Love you guys.
4: It's like when a show goes to, after they finish their season, and they wait to be picked up or not, and they just wait. (laughs) Wait by their phones. Yeah. We'll let you guys know. Miss you guys already. At 25 whistles, that's our our deal there. We'll see you guys soon or we won't. Bye everybody.